Hello, welcome to the show. That was probably really loud. And um, this week, I think I just got a mixed bag of things I want to talk about or that I've been thinking about because it is thinking out loud, right? And uh, last week, if you listened to the podcast, you heard me go on and rant about politics and how I was still thinking whether or not I should go into the run of the next election politicians to see municipally anyways, which is 2026. It's a long way away in some respects, but not in others. To see whether or not I should, um, you know, throw my hat in the ring for politics. And of course, at the end of that podcast, I ran a uh, a vote, do I or don't I? And I got to say thank you to everyone who uh, took the time to hit the do or don't button and uh i had a great conversation with two or three people uh i had a good friend of mine from the eastern part of canada actually text me and he's like don't do it you know he and his brother run a big successful family business uh they're in the same business i'm in and uh he said uh, he and his brother had talked about it over the years and everything else and realized that it's it's a lot of frustration it's it's a lot of work and it's a lot of frustration in that sometimes um, we're better off focusing within our community and doing stuff for our community. I know both those gentlemen uh, have been big community supporters where they are. So that's uh, that's also food for thought. Like you've got if you've got skills and you've got time and uh, you're thinking about politics, maybe you should channel that energy into uh, something else in your community that uh, will do some good. So. Uh, I haven't I haven't given up on the the political front. Um, I'm probably going to keep thinking about it. Um, I had a I had a phone call from a friend of mine down in the U.S. and God, he's funny. He says to me, Scott, remember, and I'm going to quote his uh, what he said: "We become the average of the five people we associate with the most." which means we must be willing to pay any price and travel any distance to associate with extraordinary human beings. And what he's saying is that if you have basically the same as the other guy, if you have time on your hands, then maybe you should use that in more influential or more important ways because if you're not happy with politicians, you probably don't want to surround yourself with more politicians, so... He makes a very good point. I'm still very unhappy with, you know, my own hometown and how things are going. And then even when I look out there at what else is going on, and I just think, you know, we've reached that level where it seems like a lot of people don't care and it's not good. And sometimes I think, well you know maybe there's something i could do and i could help but uh based on the votes the votes came in uh it's funny they were a hundred percent for do it and then people who were really against it they didn't bother to vote they just like picked up the phone or they texted or they emailed and they're like man you got to be out of your mind to be you know jumping into the political ring at this point and uh you know think of the uh the other things you could be doing at that time that are more beneficial. But like I say, I'm going to give that some more thought and uh, see where that leads to. 
and uh, like I'll keep you, I'll keep you apprised of that. Of course, I'm sure over the course of the the podcast, as we move further along and get closer to that decision date, you'll probably see me either pick up steam or uh, I'll forget about it and move on to something else. It's not that I have attention deficit disorder; it's just that I may come to the realization that there's something else I want to do that's either more important or I'm going to enjoy more. But like I say, we'll see and I'll let you know. The other thing I've been thinking about is I'm not a climate activist and I'm not going to sit here and talk about, um, you know, what's going on in the world as far as climate control. or. But it has been extremely wild, the uh, climate or the temperatures these days, like... We go from basically 5 degrees for weeks at a time in December right into January. The beginning of January, you could still walk around here in a light jacket and you were still looking at grass. And then within two days, we end up with two feet of snow. And you look out in western Canada and it's minus 40 and it's freezing cold. And, you know, there's... um, the snow and the temperatures and stuff we are we are seeing a huge drastic change in the climate and i i guess it's true the the climate is changing and whether we can blame ourselves or the world's evolving or whatever the case may be you can't ignore the fact that it's definitely changing and uh you know we have to learn to adapt to it i guess and maybe there's things we can do about it you know, and at the same time, we talk about, okay, you know, we're going to get rid of fossil fuels in a sense that, you know, okay, so we're going to go to electric cars and there's all these mandates about electric cars by 2020, or sorry, 2030 or 2035, or whatever it is, I don't have the exact, but you, you know what I'm talking about. And in the same breath, I start reading stories about how the electrical infrastructure isn't set up to support uh, these cold waves and these draws on the electric system and out west they're having rotating blackouts so they can make sure that everybody gets uh, an equal portion of electricity for a period of time and same thing they talk about in Ontario and, and Quebec you know where we have Quebec they have tons of hydropower from water uh, dams that they've dammed water they've dammed up and created uh, <coughs> hydro And same in Ontario. And even though we have a greater infrastructure, um, you know, that for it. And in western parts of Canada, their power comes from other sources. Uh, It's just crazy to think that, you know, we're we're almost... Nothing we're doing is going in the right direction, I find. And I don't want to scare anybody off, but holy smokes. um, If we're going to convert to more electrical... Uh, vehicles and things like that then we're going to have to figure out how to build an infrastructure system that can handle it because it can apparently handle the extra houses that are being put on it so the demand is growing and uh, so there's a lot to consider there you know if if you think that you're going to save the climate by converting to electric vehicles you're you're maybe not going to do much for humanity because we're not going to have power in our homes or whatever else so i guess at the same time we got to figure out 
other ways to generate power like we're going to have to do some serious consideration in the solar and wind which those wind things are completely ugly go down to Kingston and stand on the shoreline and just see a whole pile of wind turbines across the island just twisting away but this is where we're at and uh, so I hope that science can soon speed up and find really cool ways to generate electricity or ways to use electricity way more efficiently in our homes. Uh, I know, you know, the condescent light bulb is now the LED light bulb and apparently there's a lower draw. But it seems like in other ways we're just sucking up more power than we ever did. We're certainly building more homes. Like, again, I'm reading a thing the other day where this, you know, build a secondary dwelling on your property. Well, there's only so much power coming into your property and then it's powering your home. And now you're going to add a secondary dwelling. Uh, I read a, a thing where there's a gentleman in a part of Ontario who's willing to teach people how to go and apply to add two dwellings to your property because you know there's a housing crisis and so you know they've agreed that if you have a house and you have an outbuilding that you can convert or you have the property within your lot to add a secondary dwelling to your property that could become a rental income then hell build it and uh, rent it and give somebody a home but do we have the infrastructure grid to support all these additional dwellings it sure doesn't sound like it I don't know if our filtration systems can handle it or our power systems can handle it. And a lot of that is just to alleviate the pressure of, you know, people needing homes. Great. But you're kind of putting the cart before the horse in many cases. So we definitely need technology to advance in many, many ways to see if there's more efficient ways to do things. And uh, the electrical system is definitely one of them. And So... We'll keep an eye on that too, but that's just what I was thinking, so now I'm thinking that out loud. It's a bit of a rant, isn't it? This might be an interesting podcast if I keep going down this path. I guess for the first part of this, I kind of sounded like a bit of a downer, and I didn't want to do that. <clears throat> um, so the other things I've been thinking about lately is uh, change, and I guess I somewhat allude to that, that times are changing, things around us are changing. But And I made it sound like it's all bad. So a good friend of mine, she told me that I should always try and be positive. I don't always uh, I don't always get there, but I certainly try. And so in, in terms of change, uh, I realized that it's been two years since I made a change in my career, as in where I worked. And it has been a very positive change for me. I, I very much enjoy the role I'm in now and the, what I do. And so I think, you know, a lot of people look at change and it, it they push it back against it because it takes them out of their comfort zone. But uh, change is growth in a lot of ways. And I think that's how we have to look at it, that if you're going to continue to evolve and grow as a person, things are going to change. You're, you're probably not going to have the same friends you had uh, from school or grade school, high school, even college, you know, uh, that'll change. Everybody's life will change. And so I think it's important to look at that. Uh, I think we have to be adaptive. And in order to be adaptive, we have to be willing to change. And so I think for me, uh, 
uh, I've always been on both sides of this argument. I, I have resisted change in a lot of ways. And I can be the person who tells you the thousands of the reasons why you shouldn't change. Um, but as I got older, and usually as people get older, they're even more resistant to change. Uh, I became more receptive to change. Um, in my personal life, I went through a very big physical change. Um, those people who know me know that I was grossly overweight. Um, I, I, I fought uh, basically obesity for years. Uh, I did try things and that never really, you know, worked or they worked on the short term, but then, you know, you'd bounce right back. You'd, you'd lose 20 pounds and you'd bounce right back to 30. So, the change I made was I had bariatric surgery. It was a commitment that, you know, I would change. Uh, I'd be, it's almost like a forced change, forced as to how much you can eat, uh, how often, what kinds of foods. But it was a super successful change because uh, I lost an enormous amount of weight and that changed a lot of other things in my life. And again, that was a huge positive thing. And so I think. Uh, change can be a daunting task. Um, it can also be an incredible catalyst for growth. And, uh, you know, you'll see um, things that in a different way because you've made a significant change in your life, whether that be your career, be physical changes or whatever. And I think we need to be more receptive to change and like I say I used to be the guy that resisted it and fought it and I don't know that I ever had a great argument for why things shouldn't change and now I've become a person who uh, is receptive to change in fact I sometimes spend a lot of time looking at how we can change something uh, to really make it better um, and I'm not saying everything we change is better there's you know we fail at a lot of things uh, I've been quoted as saying, uh, I love the quote about uh, Thomas Edison who uh, said that he found like 4,000 ways to not make a light bulb. Uh, so I think failure is sometimes a learning opportunity to stay positive. And I think changes can be very positive. Uh, if we do the right uh, sort of research and we look into it and we're very open to making that change and staying positive while we do it, stay positive about the outcome, then I believe um, we will be very successful. So to that, I say, every morning you can make a list of what makes you happy. Then you can make a list of the things that you do every day, compare the two lists and adjust yourself accordingly. Because you have to remember, we attract what we believe we deserve. So you stay positive and you have that outlook, even in the face of change, it will go well. So I'm going to close off for today. That's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'm not going to do a poll at the end of this one, so I just hope you liked it. I'm not going to ask if you did or you didn't. Stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye for now.